Behold, the ultimate in anti-bear technology, the Bear Buster 5000, available wherever fat men dream. Oh, dear Lord. Check it out, ladies. A suit that makes me completely invulnerable to bear attack. Oh. <laughs> Homer, there's no rear on that thing. I know. If I get really scared, I don't want to ruin the suit. Now look here, mister. I forbid you to fight a bear. What kind of example would I be if I didn't take revenge on things? Dad, you can't take revenge on an animal. That's the whole point of Moby Dick. Lisa, the point of Moby Dick is be yourself. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF19. It is the fifth episode of season 15. It is the Fat and the Furriest. I am Dando. I am Guy, and uh, despite that uh, sound of trepidation in Dando's voice, he was correct. The fifth episode. <laughs> not a bad one. Had some uh, had some fun with it. Yeah. Not, not too bad at all. Um, one or two uh, moments that have lived on in history uh, become memeified, as you might say. And, I don't know, a, a good guest appearance that it took me a while to get, and I was surprised about that because it turned out to be a guy that I really enjoy. And I get the feeling that a lot of people might like this guy as well, even though he's not a household name. Yeah, another one of those underrated favourites of Mr. Davis. That is correct. Uh, shall I wrap it on and on about him, Danto? That's what we let's, do here. Let's, let's get to him in a few moments. Let's get to him in a few moments. <laughs> so, first of all, first of all, I just want to throw it out there, people, that something happened today. Something <laughs> happened that it's very rare in, in modern times that this kind of event occurs. So rare, in fact, that I can't recall the last time this actually happened. And that was Dando had a nanny nap. <gasps> or should we say a daddy nap? <laughs> so basically, what's happened today is uh, I've taken the day off work. Nicola's gone to Melbourne to work in Melbourne today. She usually works in the office here, which sort of throws our whole recording schedule at the window. And the kids are at daycare. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching TV. And I felt my eyes sort of start to close. And I thought, no, no, no stay awake, stay awake. And I went, you know what? Just, just let those bad boys close. Just let them close. See what happens. <laughs> and they close. And I woke up. And as soon as I woke up, I had a panic attack thinking I'd missed our start time. But no, I woke up about 15 minutes ago, just in time. I feel very refreshed. It was lovely to have a nap. Now I know what your life is like. <laughs> exactly. You live the life of Guy. Yeah. So uh, how, how long was your nap, do you think? Oh, it was only about half an hour, but it was enough. It's all I needed. That is all you need. It's a power nap. Yep, exactly right. Yeah. I, was, I feel very good. Any longer than that, and it tends to sort of throw your whole uh, situation out of whack. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, that's why I, I panicked. I, I was too scared to look at the time. I thought, oh, no, just in time is perfect. It's like the heavens above knew we're worth to start recording. But uh, before we get into our review of The Fat and the Ferris, I know you've mentioned you, you enjoyed it. How was Foo Fighters? We mentioned last week you were heading to Foo Fighters. How was it? That is correct. The Fooies came to uh, the great city of Geelong on Friday night, played at Cadinia Park, the football stadium. It was a good show. Uh, I think I may have said in the past, I'm, look, I'm not a super Foo fan, but you know, I appreciate and admire, and I like a good concert as much as the next person, and there were plenty of next people. KP was pretty full on Friday night. Uh, we missed the Meanies, unfortunately. There were there were two opening acts. There was the Meanies and Amel and the Sniffers. Uh, Bogan Rock at its finest, you might say. <laughs> uh 
they were okay. <laughs> a lot of people dug them. I was like, yeah, you're fine. Fools come on. Oof, they put in their hard yards, mate. They put in the hours. I mean, Dave Grohl was clear, and the rest of the band were clearly very happy to be, very happy to be putting it all out on the staging and putting it all out on the field. Yeah, just a very high energy show. And what they were putting out, the uh, audience was picking up and giving back to them five or six fold. Yep. Yeah, just you could have powered the city with what was happening that night. I could hear the gig from my backyard. That's how loud it was. I think a lot of people in Geelong were like, you suckers pay for tickets. <laughs> we're, we're here in the whole thing. So, yeah, no, a, a great show and a, a great round of applause to one Brendan Dando because while tickets were going on sale, I was sitting in a cinema watching The Batman for three hours and uh, that's when tickets went on sale and sold out in about eight minutes. Luckily, Dando was there for all us sinners, sitting in line, buying tickets for all and sundry, scalping them off when no one else wanted them. So... I uh, I had a ticket and I just had no one to go with. I didn't want to invade your party. I didn't want to go by myself. And I sort of thought, this ticket costs 160 bucks. I would rather much put that money. So I ended up reselling the ticket for the, the value, which I paid for 160 to someone else who really wanted to go. So I'm glad that person got to go and enjoy themselves because they, they messaged me after the gig at like 12 o'clock at night saying they had a great time. Thanks for that, blah, blah, blah. I would rather spend that 160 on like making memories of the kids. So we took Ali and Holly to the aquarium in Melbourne, which was a very fun day out. Hectic, chaotic, tears, tantrums, <laughs> but fun. <laughs> uh, so that is that is my new life. That is my new life. Well, at least you got a nap t- today. So, I did, you know. yes. I fucking needed it, I tell you. But anyway, we're here to discuss the fat and the ferris. You mentioned earlier that you enjoyed it. So this episode gets shit on a lot. Shit, shit. I mean, shit on a lot. Every review I read online was just saying how pathetic. Pa- I saw the word pathetic thrown around. I thought, hmm. I've actually always enjoyed this episode. It's uneventful. There's nothing really to write home about, but it's just, for me, 22 minutes of silliness that I've always enjoyed. Yeah, there's nothing special about it, and nothing really outstanding about it either. But for a show that's been going as long as it has, and even as long as it has been going at this stage, it's season 15, 15 season yeah. in, it's like... As I like to say, <laughs> usually when I'm talking about my own gags, they can't all be winners. No. And, but but at the same time, I think you would be remiss to call this one a loser. It's not. No, it's not at all. No. It's, as you said, it's uneventful, but it's still entertaining. I thought they built up genuine sympathy for the character of Homer. He doesn't do anything really wrong here. I know he risks his life, despite Marge saying don't, but it's not like he's cruel or mean or he's doing it to get revenge on another person. He's, he's trying to get his manhood back, even though I thought the people of Springfield were a bit over the top, sat calling him a wimp. You, you know, you got to take my fucking bet. It's like these people have never seen The Revenant. <laughs> but the Homer's attack was pretty crazy. Like, it's, it's when you see the characters of The Simpsons have genuine tears and like, mm. they had the snot going, in that moment, I was like, fuck, I feel bad for this guy. Bears are absolutely terrifying. I know we like to think of them as, you know, eating porridge and, you know, sleeping in their comfortable beds or whatever. No. They may look big and cuddly, but they'll rip you to shreds. To shreds, you say. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I am uh, fully Team Homer in this regard. Yeah. I mean, yes, and um, anti-Team Springfield in calling him a wimp. <laughs> Go to hell, Ken Brockman. Was, yeah, Ken's coward segment. What a segment, though. I'd, I would probably tune into that and watch it on the regular. 100%. I did find myself halfway through the episode. I wrote this note when I was halfway through when Marge was saying, you're not going, you're not going, and he's out the front in his, in his costume. I was like... I just love this scheme. It's just so Homer. 
just creating his own <laughs> his own suit to take on a bear, but encouraging him along, even though he knows it's going to be dangerous. You got the women being the voice of reason. It just felt like a classic Simpsons story, but encouraging Homer to do something silly, and Homer, mm. you know, buying into it and getting all you know, all amped up, and Marginally just being like, "What are you doing? Don't! You're an idiot." <laughs> I did think though that at some point. Maggie was going to come into the equation because in that first season of Call of the Simpsons, she seems to have a connection with bears. That is correct. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten all about that until the very second you mentioned it. Yeah, so she, had, so. she didn't play a role, which I was surprised about. I thought they could have had a little bit of a throwback to that. But um, <laughs> So apparently the, the, the creation of the bear-proof armour, that was based on Project Grizzly or something, a documentary? Mm, I don't know about that one. A, sp- a man name was Troy, I want to say Hurtabees, Hurtabies. <laughs> you want to say McClure? <laughs> Apologies if I mispronounced that, but yes, but uh, apparently he you know, got attacked by a bear, so he built his own bear-proof armour. That's what the documentary's about, and that's what this was inspired by. But um, I've always found this episode to just be, not anything to write home about, but just fun for 22 mm. minutes. Just easy, easy viewing. Indeed, indeed. Have you ever seen the documentary Grizzly Man? No, I have not. Do you know of it? No, I do not. I've had a copy here for ages, mm. and I keep meaning to watch it, but at the same time, it's one that I think I've got to work my way up to. Not that this is necessarily gross or confronting or anything like that, but I think it's about, to the, be- <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, it's about this. No, it's about a, uh, a guy named Timothy Treadwell, who was a bit of an environmentalist, a bit of a nature lover, thought he had a real affinity for grizzly bears, brown bears, big-ass bears, uh, to the point where, you know, I'm going to go out and commune with nature and my friends the bears and guess what one killed him oh shit <laughs> yes but there's also apparently audio footage of him just getting fucked up by this bear oh my uh, and it's done by it's the documentaries by our pal Werner Herzog who's become a bit of a meme as of lately because he's got that very severe sort of German accent I think Hugo Weaving sort of ripped it off when he did the Red Skull in Captain America yeah okay what, what does he call the um, what does he call Baby Yoda I would like to see the baby. Of course, he was the he was the client in the in the Mandalorian in the first season of the Mandalorian. He doesn't call him the baby; he calls him something else. There's a, there's a name for the for Baby Yoda. Well, it's Grogu, yeah. No, but no, but like he, he refers to him as like like not like the package kind of thing. Like yeah, oh, there's, okay. a, there's a term but, I can't remember, but yeah. Oh, I thought that the line was always, "I would like to see the baby." Is that what he says? Oh, okay. Oh, maybe know. he does. Maybe he wants to see the package. I don't know. But, no, it's, uh, it's not package. It's something along those lines. But anyway, yeah, he's the guy who basically tells Mando to go get Baby Yoda. That's right, and he's got some very s- severe German accents like this. And apparently, you know, he fi- he's got hold of this audio uh, material of uh, Timothy Treadwell just getting fucked up by this bear and says to um, Treadwell's loved ones, you must never listen to it. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, which is a reason I've never watched Grizzly Man, even though I've got a DVD of it here, and it's like, well, I like Werner Herzog, and I like bears, and I like people getting fucked up, so... Maybe I should watch this. Uh, if you put stage. that, if you put that in the trailer, it's like, okay, well now I have to hear it. Yeah. No, but the thing is, though, obviously his family must have given permission for it to go out, right? Because true, you couldn't just use the, the audio without any permission. But I'm not sure if they actually. Yeah, I'm wondering if they actually have it in the movie, or if even Werner's like, no, I've put many grisly things on the screen, but not for Grizzly Man. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's like when you see you know, trending on Twitter, like you know, car accident, someone died in his car accident or whatever. And I'm just like. That's someone's family. I'm like, I wouldn't want to watch that if that was my family. I would hate people to be watching that for entertainment if it was someone that I loved. So I won't watch that in return. A good point, Dando. Paying it forward. But anyway, enough about the the sadness that comes with Verna. <laughs> <laughs> so Fat and the Furriest, yes, a very entertaining episode. Hey, my favourite. 
All right, so what was your favourite moment from The Fat and the Furriest? Uh, well, I mentioned at the, at the top of the episode we were talking about memes. Um, I don't think it's full of memes this episode, but I think one that has become used on the internet a bit, not as much as Old Man Shakes Fist at Cloud mm. or Old Man Yells at Cloud, but oldcoot.com. Yep. Why today sucks. I think that's get used a bit. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to start using it because I think it sort of refers to things that I like a lot. <laughs> Which is a real website, by the way. Oldcoot.com. Yes. And it was at the time of the episode came out. So the, the actual uh, website is by a guy who runs like a puppet show. So so the, the domain name is a real life website owned by Samuel L. Bowman or Bowman. Um, and apparently some fans of the show, of his website suggested that he sued The Simpsons. And he was like, nah, it's not, as he put, in the character of the company. So I went onto the website and checked it out. And it's like a, a video introduction video to what he does. It's like one of those traveling shows that goes to schools. It's like a puppet show for kids. It teaches, it's, just, it's, just, it's just family family friendly entertainment. How many kids do you think are disappointed when they hear, hey, kids, guess who we've got coming to school to give you a presentation today? It's Samuel L. Bowden. <laughs> Nick Fury? No, not Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> so he does you – know, remember Harold the Giraffe? Did you ever have that? Or that was that would be after was the he comic. A, was he a traffic giraffe? Or It was, it was like a health, health – like it's keeping you healthy, like eat your fruit and vegetables, kind of thing. How the giraffe? I think but, you have mentioned this giraffe in the past. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you knew it was like like a pantomime. You knew it was a puppet, but you, you bought into it. But when um, or except when you're in prep and you, you're like, is that a fucking giraffe? I'm not too sure about a, this. What the fuck is a real giraffe? Where's oh, that? Fuck, where's that fucking woman's arm going all the time? I'm not too sure about this. But <laughs> the 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 show actually looks really fun. So if you are, you know, I think it's America, oldcoot.com, check it out. And if you want a, some family-friendly entertainment, get this guy to come to your school or your your event, and I'm sure he will put on a good show for you. But yeah, oldcoot.com, a real thing. Okay. I also uh, like the line, I'm an intensive care bear. I really like that. I just like that whole bear segment. Yeah. Teddy bear's picnic can be quite... It can be scary. Terrifying. It? Yeah. If it's played in the uh, in a different key. Definitely. <laughs> I, I was like, wait a minute. This used to be enjoyable. Now it's haunting. What's going on? Here? Now, if we're talking about favorite bits, is this a bit where I talk about my my favorite guest actor? Well, not my favorite guest actor, but uh, my the guest voice on this episode. Let me get mine out of the way, then you can you can spend the next twenty minutes talking about him. Oh, <laughs> which okay. I can then mark and edit out. <laughs> so I really liked Homer's maniacal laugh when he was making the the cotton ball, <laughs> just the the silhouette, just going crazy. It sounded like Dan really had a good time doing that. I liked the sign in the background. Another Simpsons predicted future, which was pretty obvious, but reserved for DVDs at the dump. <laughs> I was like, so true. <laughs> it's true. It has really reached the stage where, you know, unless they're relatively rare titles or sort of upmarket ones that have got a lot of extra stuff on them, you can't even give them away. No. People will spend more money on Laserdiscs now than they will a fucking uh, DVD. Mm. <laughs> I think it's just the novelty of the big thing. Some people just like collecting Laserdiscs, even if they can't play them. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's the size of them, or who knows? I know. I was talking about this with someone the other day and how not every movie that was made made it to VHS, not everything that was on VHS made it to DVD, not yep. everything that was on DVD made it to Blu-ray. So I think you may have to go back and back and back to sort of find obscure titles, or especially in the case of Laserdiscs, titles that have like extra material on them, like okay. bonus features. Yep, yep. Because Laserdiscs, Laserdiscs sort of pioneered that. Really? They would have audio commentaries and- No shit, I thought that was a DVD thing. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, uh, you know, when DVD sort of becoming, uh, started becoming more popular and all that's like, hmm, yeah, let's transfer some of that business over. So you could choose which audio you listen to on a Laserdisc? 
On a Laserdisc, yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I didn't yeah. realise. Not yeah. on every one of them, but on, on, on a few of them, certainly. That's cool. All right. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. You know, it's just another CD kind of thing. Yeah. A buddy, a buddy of mine, uh, a buddy of mine, shout out to Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, back when we first met in the early 90s, Steve was an early adopter and had a Laserdisc player. Yeah. And he was importing discs from the, uh, from the US. He would have been so cool. Like it was super cool. And of course, incredibly high quality compared to VHS. Of course, yeah. He re- I remember he imported in the movie True Romance. You mm-hmm. know that one? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Yeah, of course you do because, you know, you're a human being. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a couple of months before it hit the cinemas here. Oh, shit. Of course. Yeah, because early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, hey, that's right, guys. Yeah, we're watching this. In <laughs> fucking pristine dance. quality. Yeah, in pristine quality. He, you know, he made me a videotaped copy of it and I'm like, oh. Oh, that's the best. I used to love copy. I used to love hiring DVDs from the shop and then copying them onto VHS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good times. See, I what I did was I've only ever bought one laser disc, and it was the Lion King. And the only reason I bought it was when we were in Disneyland on our honeymoon. Nicola bought the Lion King soundtrack on LP, but it was a picture disc. And when they do picture discs, the Disney ones for some reason, they just put them in just a clear sleeve, so I guess so you can see oh. the picture disc on both sides as you're, you're buying it. But I prefer my records to be in proper record uh, gatefold okay. sleeves. You know, protect yes. protect them better. And they just it's easy to sort of flick through when you when you got them on in your collection. So I bought the Lion King laser disc kept the laser disc aside and put the record inside the laser disc cover so it looks like a record. Ah, clever. Yeah, and it cost me like $6, but it looks way fucking better on the shelf as laser disc than um than just the <laughs> clear sleeve. That's what but that's where laser disc can come in handy. But I've always liked the idea of owning a laser disc player even though I know it's outdated and it's silly. There's just something about putting this giant disc on that just fascinates me. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of like, kind of like a record. It's why I put records on. It's just the, the novelty of it. I really enjoy it. Yeah. No, I get you. I'm with you. Anyway, continue. Oh, before we get, my, my favorite line was, the hunter has become the hunter. I've always, I've always liked that line. I forgot it came in this episode. So when it came on, I was like, oh, yes. I love that. But yes, get into your favorite guest star. Oh, well, I won't go on a whole lot about him, but it's a man named Charles Napier. Mm-hmm. Um, best known for? Either best known for The Sons of the Lambs. Mm-hmm in which he is one of the cops who is uh, tending to Hannibal Lecter after he's captured mm. and meets Gets a grisly, grisly fate. Yeah. <laughs> um, although older viewers or viewers with good taste may remember him from the Blues, Blues Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, of course. Indeed, as the, uh, the uh, front man of the good old boys band <laughs> hmm. who um, yeah, steps up to the Blues Brothers and says, <laughs> <laughs> Says you gotta look corner, you gotta look trying to, uh, you gotta look funny trying to corner the cop with no fucking teeth. Kind of like you, you know when Anchorman had all what the different people, what the different gangs getting up in each other's face. It was like that. Blues Brothers was doing that like twenty years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles Napier, um, he's had a long ass career. Worked in a lot of exploitation movies in the uh, in the seventies and eighties. Okay. Yep. Uh, worked with a great filmmaker named Russ Meyer, mm-hmm. who's best known for. Uh, featuring women with incredibly large chesticles. Okay. So, <laughs> and Charles Napier frolicked with a lot of those. So, man had a really dope career and he appeared on The Simpsons. There you go. What a, what a, what, I think he passed, I saw in 2011. So, it was what, 10 years ago now? Indeed. But, um, yeah, lived, lived quite the career. Not, not one that you would know by name, but to a lot of people. But as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. It's that guy. Yeah. I love it. I love a That's Guy actor. All right, and before we get into our trivia, Mr. Davis, we need to read out our Patreon shout-outs because these are the people that we 
that are keeping this show on the air. It's brought to you by this podcast is brought to you by these following people: Jonathan Rossi, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast Community Podcast, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman, Richie, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer. Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and Declan Phoenix. Thank you so much, guys. Remember, if you are a $20 patient, you get to go into the monthly prize draw to potentially win yourself an officially licensed Stonecutter Stein. What a long list of heroes. I know, oh right? God. Speaking of our heroes, did you like the song at our Foo Fighters? It seemed that every one of my friends on social media at that point was filming that one song because it was about 20 <laughs> different people saying, I'm at the Foo Fighters gig playing the hero song. But yep. <laughs> also, it, it was a really good set. And I'll say this to in, I was about to say in defense of Dave Grohl, he doesn't need defense, in praise of Dave Grohl. Mm. You know, he was like, eh, I'm going to give you guys your money worth. You guys want an hour, hour and a half show? You want a two hour show? Let's double it. You want a. <laughs> On a two-and-a-half-hour show. Yeah, Dave. And to his credit, they played for two-and-a-half hours. And what I appreciated, and I think the lovely Louise appreciated this well, they didn't do any encores. They just said, all right, I don't like saying goodbyes, so we're just going to say, this is it. This is our last song. But, you know, eh, we'll give you one more. Give you one more. They didn't walk off and then say, come back, Foo Fighters. It's so it's self-indulgent, like, isn't it, the encore? Yeah, it is. It's like, do you guys really like us? Do you like like us? No, no. So they just said, We'll give you one more. We'll give you one more. And they say, all right, this is our last one, guys. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, then we can go, okay, yeah, we can go now. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. And also going to give shout outs to Brandon Delaney, Ben. Now, this word here, C-E-S-P-E-D-S. I'm going to say Suspedis, Suspide. It's, it's a great last name regardless of how you pronounce it. Uh, Georgia Gertos <laughs> and Alexander Heal. Thank you so much for becoming a part of the Four Finger Discount family. Do not forget, guys, that by doing so, you not only get early access to all the shows we do here, but you also get access to the Facebook group, prize draws, and much, much more. Hmm. Welcome to the fold, team. Good yes, on you. that's right. Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, trivia for the fat and the furriest. My first question is, mm-hmm. how much did the sugar ball weigh in kilos? Oh, in kilos? Ooh, I saw you like, oh, I don't, oh, oh, I don't know this one. <laughs> well, hang on, now I've got to do some maths. I mean, I know the answer, but I, yeah. I have to do some conversion. Yeah, it's 85 pounds. And since those folks in America don't use the metric system, as we learnt in the Regina monologues, 85 it, pounds it, converts to... It, uh, 35, 38.5 38.5 kilos. kilos, correct, yes. Which is fucking heavy. It's, it's just a little bit heavier than my dog, so. <laughs> <laughs> Cross that one off the list because that was one of my questions mm-hmm. as well, although I didn't throw in the conversion. All right, my first question to you, Dando. What sort of gift was Homer going to get Marge from the betting shop? Ah, uh, it was $20 something. $20 on a particular... Yeah, I didn't. I Combination. It. What was it? Twenty on the trifecta. On the trifecta. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did love that gag. I'll get Marge a window. <laughs> My next question is: What does the sign at the dump say as they are entering? Oh, I'll just flip yeah, through my notes here. <laughs> and guess what? I did not write that down. Oh, okay. So. It says not affiliated with Springfield Marriott. <laughs> with the Springfield Marriott. Yeah. Yes. Now that springs to mind immediately. So, okay. What is the name mm-hmm. of the hunter? I didn't. I thought this one wouldn't be as prevalent in the episode. His but, name uh, is Grant. I know his first name is Grant. Um, his last name starts with a C, if I remember correctly. Yes. Grant. 
is it, it also Con- is it Connor? It is. Connor, yes. Grant Connor. My next question is, how many people did Dolph's dad beat up in the KFC? Oh, damn it. It's the usual amount of pieces of chicken you would order. Pieces of chicken or chicken McNuggets? Uh, so it's a, it's a something piece feed. Oh, it's a three-piece feed. Oh, sorry, if you're a fatty. <laughs> it's a six-piece feed. Six-piece feed. <laughs> Six McNuggets for me, if, please. If you're a fatty Pumba. <laughs> My next question to yes. you, because you just asked me one. Mm. How much... What, the beer weighs more than what? Oh, it's a Mazda Miata. It is. That was a great little line there. More... Um, <laughs> you can cut through a tree what, faster than a Jewish mother can cut through self-esteem or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> My final question is, Marge says that Homer's toenails were starting to look like what? You're picking some really good ones because I have, I am not getting these at all. What did they look like? Fritos, which are kind of like... Uh, yeah, chips. Yeah, you've, you've seen them? Potato chips. Yeah, yeah, but they're not, but they're like, have you ever seen grain waves? The grain waves that we have here in oh, Australia? Oh, yeah. They're like yeah. the long rectangular sort of shape. So it looks like a curved, overgrown toenail. That's what they look like. Ooh. So yeah, so Fritos. <laughs> I'm really selling those Fritos to people. <laughs> they look like turnouts. Uh, my last question to yeah. you: What is the point of Moby Dick? Ah, uh, to be yourself. Is that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where I stopped and I paused. I was like, I'm enjoying this. This is just silly. <laughs> All right, that is our trivia for the Fat and the Furious. We'll be right back after the short break with our full in-depth review. Rrr. Good news, everyone. Everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. Yes, it is Tales of Futurama. Each week, we'll be going back and revisiting every episode of the series, discussing the themes, gags, and all the Easter eggs you may not have seen the first time around. It's Tales of Futurama, available now exclusively at patreon.com slash discount. The original air date of The Fat and the Furriest was November 30th, 2003. It was directed by Matthew Nestuck and written by Joel H. Cohen, whose previous episode that he wrote was Brawl on the Family, which was an episode you did not like. That was the one that had the Vegas wives returning. Oh, okay. So this was a big, big improvement. From, from, yes. from his last outing. Joel H. Cohen redeemed himself. He sure did. Uh, chopboard gag, I do not have a cereal named after me, which was previously used in She of Little Faith. I was like, oh, you're starting to recycle with chopboard gags now. Okay. Wait a minute, I didn't get a chalkboard gag. Was I looking away for a second? Well, I didn't notice it either, but the wiki page says it does have one, so maybe it originally mm. aired on TV? I'm not too okay. sure about that one. Anyway, but the couch gag was a good one, the Get Smart one. It was indeed yeah. a good tribute to a great show. I've always really enjoyed the Get Smart Couch gag. So the episode kicks off with Homer waking up early, sneaking out of the bedroom. And I, I like that they did this twice in the episode, the second time completely thrown out the window when it comes to being quiet. But this time he is very quiet and he's with the kids and they're discussing Mother's Day presents. I mean, we all leave it to the last minute, don't we? I was actually thinking today, I'm like, all right, I need to get onto like Vista Print or fucking Snapfish today while I've got a day off and organize some Mother's Day presents now so I'm not rushing at the last <laughs> minute. You know, like, I've always, it's like, if you don't get your Mother's Day order in by 11.59 p.m. on this date, you're not going to miss it. I'm like, it's 11.57, hurry up and fucking go through. But <laughs> So they're, they're discussing Mother's Day presents and Lisa says she got her some Erigeron Alatias. I want to say. Basically, they're, they're flowers. The, the title confused me, but uh, Bart and Homer eventually get it when she says flowers. Well, they're what lo- sort of flowers were they? Daisies? They looked like daisies, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, didn't she say the actual... She gave the fancy pants name. Oh, did she say daisy, did she? The okay. regular ass flowers name, and everyone was like, oh, Yeah, okay. Flowers. So, Bart got Marge a mummy 
mug. Homer also got the mummy mug. And did, Maggie also did, got the mummy he, mug. I thought they... I thought a Bart made that. I thought I meant like he made the mummy mug. Yes, they, oh, and okay, like they, they all made a crappy mummy mug. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's what it's like, though. That's you know, I, Nick, but see, thing is, you look at that shit and you think, oh, it's just a piece of shit. I can't wait till Elliot makes me a mug. <laughs> now that I'm a dad, so they all decide to go shopping, and thank God it's only every four years. Homer's running off the things he could potentially buy Marge, the $20 bet on the trifecta, get her wedding china back from the pawn shop, mm. and then a nice new window, just like this one. They then suggest Sprawl Mart, a play on Walmart, and they get the Christian video of the to- Talking Vegetable, which was a play on a show, an actual show. Which Veggie was Tales. Veggie Tales, which I have no idea what it is, but do you know what it is? I just know it's called Veggie Tales, and apparently it's uh, Talking Vegetables with a slightly uh, Christian bent. Yeah, um, I did like to let my pickles go. That was quite a funny one. That was good. <laughs> Tell you what was not good. Actually, but not, not bad in the context of the episode. You, you hate the mm moments, don't you? No, I don't like greeters at oh, shops. Uh, in general? Not in this episode and not in real life. It just feels weird. I don't mind if they're playing, like, s- security. Like, because like, like, you get a Kmart. They often have them at Kmart, like, how are you going? I was like, is it your job to just stand there and pretend like you care that I've come to this shop? Or Yes, I mean... <laughs> It's like, really? This is all you do all day? I mean, I'm, I'm good on you for getting paid. That's fantastic. But I'm trying to imagine myself in that job. I'm sorry, that sounds really snobbish. I don't mean it to be. I'm just, it would sound weird. It would be weird for me to be standing there just going, hi, welcome to Kmart. Hi, welcome to Kmart. I mean, good if you can provide sort of advice or guidance. Like, hey, I'm looking for, uh, you know, the Pickle Rick plush thingy. Oh, we'll go down, take a left, go make a right. I have them behind like a desk or something, to, to like like a customer service. Man, at the, front the door. information desk or the customer service desk—that's great. But just standing there, welcome to Kmart. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, is, is it also your job to show them your receipt on the way out? Because I always tend to do that, even though I don't know whether I need to or not. I do. Well, that happens with the security guard at JB. Oh yeah, he's all about it. <laughs> he loves. Yeah. The, so he he's loves doing the double st- duty as security, and it's yeah. like he loves stamping the receipt, doesn't he? <laughs> not shoplifting. Well, some are. Some are just like, eh. yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Off you go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they're, they're running through the different things. They go, and Grandpa's greet, greets them. I didn't like the Nelson gag. I thought that was silly. When he's he's, he's in the straight jacket and he starts sucking things up in his mouth, I was like, ah, That's I didn't need that. But they then say Jacqueline Smith, who apparently was one of the first celebrities to not only endorse a product, but actually create products, kind of like the George Foreman yeah. grill. So he actually made the, the, the grill. So, okay. Or did he just endorse the grill? I get the really probably would have endorsed it, but I think he was maybe one of the first people to really yeah get out there and spruik it as well. But um, that's what that's where this joke came from with the, with the axe heads, and I, I did love Homer's here because this is so true. We're out here shopping for Marge, and all I've bought is a, you know, a perfect gift for Marge. All I've got are imperfect stuff for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly what happens. I'm like. I don't need any of this shit. It's when you go to Bunnings. You're like, I'm going there for a pack of nails. You leave with like fucking manure and a slide. <laughs> shit ton of potting mix. Yeah. New handsaw. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I must admit, I did buy the new handsaw next, last time I was out there and I just went nuts in the garden yesterday. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I've got the I've got the tree next to my study where I'm recording this very episode. Yeah. And there's a big tree that sort of... I took a big chop at it about uh, 18 months ago and now all that shit's starting to grow back and infringe on the window. So I thought... I'll get out there with my hasta la vista sh- with my sharp new handsaw, <laughs> cut through it like butter. Um, so that was great, like a Jewish mother with self-esteem, <laughs> <laughs> very much so. But then saw the trees uh, at the sort of the front of my garden that are you know imposing onto the footpath. I'm like, time to tidy that shit up. 
So I was out there for like two hours just hacking away at trees. It was fantastic. Wow, I feel so good. Good for you. Yeah, I love yeah. you doing stuff in the garden. You feel I, so, such a sense of achievement, don't you? I, yeah, even though I've really uglified the tree now. It's like I didn't do it with much rhyme or reason. It just really cleared a lot of shit away. But I kicked the shit out of Mother Nature yesterday. I'll tell you that much. Now, this next line here, as lame as it was, I liked how we're getting one up on Patty and Selma. Fatty and Smelma. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> good on <laughs> His words can't hurt us, so he throws something at them. Then they suggest the kitchen carnival, um, which they were going to win or something. It was, it was basically, it was on the episode of Price is Right that they were a part of, but they weren't TV pretty, so they never aired it. And it's endorsed by the American <laughs> Carney Association. I do like that they say, we're not TV pretty. Yeah. It's endorsed by the American Carney Association. And Hope says, you know what? You slags are all right. And now get to Marge, loving all the attention on Mother's Day. And she feels like a secretary on Administrative Professionals Day. And Homer says, don't worry, my gifts are so thoughtful, thoughtful it'll make your kids' uh, gifts look like crap. And I was like, mate, first of all, their gifts actually are thoughtful. They're a mug that they made and some flowers. <laughs> Second of all, if they didn't take you to, ta- uh, to the city to buy a gift, you wouldn't have this. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> but I liked Marge. She really enjoyed the kitchen carnival. Gives him a kiss. Oh, get a room, Marge. <laughs> um, now... I think Marge's excitement uh, at the Kitchen Carnival is wholly legit because, to my mind, Kitchen Carnival looks pretty awesome. It looks like never-ending supplies, though, doesn't it? It's just like never-ending ca- uh, caramel, and but it's great, though. I would, I would totally be all about it. Dando, show a little sympathy to our American friends. It's caramel. 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 <laughs> the family all trying the different um, the different Kitchen Carnival stuff, the, the, the fairy floss in Homer's hair. Only my hairdresser knows for sure. Now, I, I need to look that up because I was going to look it up, but then I didn't. I just okay. need to know who that is the... Who's that quoting? Yeah, well, it's a, it's an ad campaign. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Only my hairdresser. And I want to say L'Oreal, but... Uh, because I've heard it before, definitely, yeah. Probably for me. <laughs> it's a vintage uh, a vintage Miss Clairol okay. commercial. Yes. Only my hairdresser knows for sure. Mm. Dare I pour caramel over the cotton candy? The next morning, Bart says he's going to put some caramel on his clothes and he can finally eat his shorts and they find <laughs> Homer's sugar ball and they can't believe what, what's going on here. What is it? He's like, no, just come enjoy it. They start suckling on it. This is 85 pounds of tooth melting sugar. Dig in. That's it, kids. Suckle daddy's sugar ball. Very disturbing yet funny line. Suckle Daddy Sugar, Daddy Ball. sugar Ball. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I think the visual of it's more disturbing than the actual delivery. It's not like you never used that at the nightclubs back in the day. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Driving in the carpool lane, Homer is with the um with the sugar ball. Basically just the various situations of Homer taking the the, the, the sugar ball to so he can just keep eating it as he's going along basically in his day to day life. He puts the disguise on it. I like the cops here. Uh, Chief, that was not a. Uh, that was not a. You should be in the couple, and that was a, a bowl of cotton candy. I wish mine was. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Homer's in spooning the sugar ball in bed, and then he's on his hammock, and there's ants, birds, cats, mm. flanderizers, <laughs> and look, it, it's fine. But it's it's the sandwich and the and the sugar all over again, isn't it? The the the, the really long sub. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
It's the same story. Yes, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be alone with the sandwich for a moment. <laughs> Are you going to eat it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, that one was more sort of like realistic because we've all had that point where we're just like, I really want this even though I don't need it, but I'm just going to leave it in the fridge just in case I want to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this, yeah. This is too good to say. I've enjoyed what I've had of this sandwich too much to get rid of the rest of it. It would be disrespectful to the exactly. sandwich. Exactly right. Except, yep. yeah, then you leave it just that day, half day too long. It's like, oh, it's gone soggy or Yeah, the, the lettuce has made the bread all wet. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just not the same, but memories. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> the Flanderisms were saving the sugar for their wedding night. <laughs> Marjan says, you've got to get rid of this. I like the, 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 the thing coming to um to life because it's rotting his brain. Only it's time you got rid of that thing. All that candy is rotting your brain. I think you should get rid of her. Then we can be together forever. Maybe you're right, Marge. Or maybe you're right, Candy Ball. No, Marge. Then again, you... No, Marge. Definitely Marge. I was loving... Unless. Yeah, yeah. He takes the sugar ball to the dump and we got the, the we say beta tapes, beta max tapes, laser discs and reserve for DVDs. You could even throw Blu-rays in there now. Who the fuck buys Blu-rays anymore? I mean, I mean I'd still occasionally. I bought two the they, other day. They are a, a, a dying medium for sure. They are indeed, but uh, I will be carrying the torch for physical media for a very, very long time just because stuff gets taken off the streaming channels all the time or gets edited or even if you yes. buy even if you buy something via Apple or whatever, it's like sometimes it just gets yanked. It's like, wait a minute. No, I bought that. It's my property. It's, <laughs> it's like fucking mine, motherfucker. Yeah. You, <laughs> so yeah, buy the Blu-ray. They can't take it off you unless of course they break into your house and take it off you. That's like <laughs> sometimes Elliot loves things on Netflix or whatever. The latest one was the Gruffalo. He fucking loves watching the Gruffalo. And now the motherfucker's not there anymore. I'm like, what the hell? Like, what? There was no warning? Yeah. yeah, I've got a kid who's crying because he wants the Gruffalo. He's sitting there with his Gruffalo toy and there's no fucking Gruffalo. What's going on here? <laughs> Furious. <laughs> but you're right, though. So sometimes physical media, it does have benefits. does indeed. Uh, <laughs> despite all the clutter at my place, it's like, yeah, still got my library. So he drops off the sugar bowl to the, to the dump. He says, goodbye, old friend. Thanks for the memories. I'll think of you whenever I'm having a stroke or a heart attack. And then the bear just attacks out of fucking nowhere. And I was like, whoa, that is fucking crazy. Like, if I, if I, like, Homer's fear is genuine here. Like it is believable. Like it should be. He should be terrified. I reiterate what I said at the head of the episode. Bears terrifying. Yes. The only thing was they kind of took you out of the moment when he did this, this, the smoking line. I was like, he just got attacked by a bear. That the whole point of this scene should be how terrifying this is. Mm. I know you got to throw in gags occasionally, but I was, I was like, probably didn't need that that line. It didn't really add anything to the scene. The whole scene should have been Homer being terrified. But you just see his face. In the eyes of the bear, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm. We come back from commercial marges doing the world's easiest crossword puzzles. And Homer <laughs> arrives to shreds, you say. He's all torn to shreds. Mm. And it's much as, you got to tell me, it's more than I can bear. He's <laughs> bear, runs away. Then we get the news report. Uh, the angry president crawled out of his grave and went back to work. <laughs> now it's time for Kent's cows. He loves his segments, Kent, doesn't he? He does indeed. Well, you know, any opportunity for branding. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, that's true. Branding is good though. I, we brand all our podcasts. Four finger discount, we don't. But uh, you know, going down to South Park, the podcast where we have ourselves a time. Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. The one about friends, the show that's there for you. If you're there for it too, you know, it's all branding. 
listen to how <laughs> casually and easily they roll off Dando's tongue. Mm-mm-mm, that's good spruiking. <laughs> Footage of Homer's attack then gets aired, which was filmed by local hunter Grant Connor. Uh, I love the... <laughs> so, I occasionally, you know, with, with, a, with a camera, not a gun. Yeah, I often get that confused. <laughs> Tragically at a wedding. The kids kind of give Homer credit, saying, you know, it's, it's okay to be scared. But then they start hanging shit on him. I'm like, he got attacked by a motherfucking bear. Like, yeah, you're what are lucky you talking he's about? alive. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are they hanging shit on this guy for? Literally, what are you talking about? Um, even Lisa says, you know, you can't struggle with humiliation. But anyway, he keeps choking Bart. Then the yeah, bullies all- on your candor. Yeah, then the bullies all make fun of Bart at school about his dad being a wuss. My, my dad's only afraid of paying child support and <laughs> Dolph's dad beat up six people at KFC and he'd been awake for three days. So, yeah. We're now at work. This was fun, at least. I gets called to Burns' office. I like that the employees and the boss were all in on it. Mm. Come to Mr. Burns' office. <laughs> and they scare him with the bear that very rarely is integrated into stories. Mm, but when it does, I like it. Because it's always there in the background. Yeah, the big the big bear. It scares Homer and uh, what's it? Uh, Mr. Burns likes a good practically based joke. joke. <laughs> oh, the bear went over the mountain. The Bernstein bears. Oh, Goldilocks. And the three bears! Ah! And the three bears! <laughs> <laughs> He then sees the various foods. Oh, my God. They're everywhere. And then a really cool take I've got here on the Teddy Bear Picnic song. Really, I really liked it. Yeah, just a moody, creepy version. It's mm-hmm. been, you know how in movie trailers now they'll have sort of like slowed down versions of various songs? Oh, they, just, they can't help themselves now, can they? They can't help themselves. I mean, it started with um, that choral version of Creep on the Social Network soundtrack a decade or so ago. And now Everybody does it. Uh, what, so, yeah, what, so, what, what was it? The Batman? Something in the way. Well, I think that's the actual version of Nirvana, which is actually... It, was it, was oh, it it's actual, a slightly altered version of the trailer. it was slightly altered, yeah. It felt, yeah. it felt slower than usual. But yeah, that's always really slow songs. I'm like, ugh. That, ugh. Something in the way is actually in the movie, though, and used to very good effect. So, okay. Um, yes. But uh, I get the feeling if they make like a Goldilocks movie, like a, uh, a tarted up Goldilocks and the Three Bears movie with like... Zendaya as um as like Goldilocks or something. She's she's popular. She's a thing, right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> From that Euphoria show. Or Dune, the movie. Tom Holland's girlfriend. Anyway. Yes, I, I've been spending far too much time on the internet. Uh, so it's her and like three big dudes as like the three bears. And it would are you have describing like- a porn film or an actual film? What are you describing? No, I'm talking about a real movie <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> if they made... Like a version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears with like Goldilocks as a girl boss type going out into the woods to, you know, be all fearless and shit and comes across the Three Bears house. If they made a trailer for that, it would have this version of the Teddy Bears picnic on it. That's all oh, I'm 100%. saying. 100%. I mean, if they remade Snow White, it'd be like, hey ho, <laughs> hey ho. <laughs> oh God, they're in our food. Teddy Grahams, gummy bears. Are you a Care Bear? I'm an intensive Care Bear. Why does a bear need a crowbar? I don't like to get my hands dirty. (laughs) Crying in the corner, huh? Mind if I join you? No, go ahead. 
I feel like this should be at least once a month, you just allow the chance to just sit in the corner and cry. Just, or just get your emotions out. No judgment. You feel sad, you feel angry, you feel happy, whatever. Just go into that corner and just get your emotions out. Be a toddler once again. Because sometimes toddlers, they don't know how to control their emotions. You just got to let them get their emotions out. I feel like adults need to be allowed to get their emotions out as well. You need to release the pressure valve. And I think you should maybe even do it more than once a month. Try once a fortnight. Yeah, just just let it all out and no judgment at all. Uh, oh, no, so plenty of judgment. <laughs> grandfather then snaps him out of it and says, just t- take the bear on, basically. Yeah. And Homer says, human style? Like poisoning his food and letting his hair fall out? He's like, no, 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 like a man. <laughs> or I'll never talk to you again. Well, how will I ever know what you had for breakfast? 1928. How will you know, Mr. Davis? <laughs> oh, visit oldcoot.com. Why today sucks. He then visits Grant Connor to survive Ring the Bell. Basically, this guy's just a full-on hunter. He gives the tracker device, the same one used to track Gary Busey back in the day. <laughs> then he details the bull grizzly bear, which sounds terrifying. Seven foot tall, weighs more than a Mazda Miata, and tears through a tree like Jewish mothers on your self-esteem. Yeah, not good. I would, I would never, ever want to come anywhere within 10 feet of a bear. No. No, thank you. Did you see the footage recently? I believe it was a bear enclosure. It was somewhere... For some reason, Ukraine come to mind. I guess it's just in all of the news, but it was somewhere in that vicinity of the world. Mm-hmm. A mother threw her three-year-old into the bear enclosure at the zoo, trying to get the bears to eat it. What? Yeah, it's on the news. She just picks up the child and throws the child over the fucking fence. And the workers got in there and th- thankfully got the bear away. The bear sort of like sniffed it and didn't do anything. But she tried to kill her child by throwing the fucking baby in there. You see Jeez. this three-year-old just fall into the bear enclosure. Jesus it's Christ. Fucking people, dude. What is wrong with people? I'm, I'm utterly speechless. Yeah, which is not so, good for a podcast. Not good, not good at all. I just just thinking of the the, the bear. Then it's just like, ah, not good. Bears are scary things. But anyway, so Grant Connor's not scared. He eats butterflies and whatnot. He's just he's not a fan of animals. Basically, <laughs> this is where he tells Homer, "You gotta you gotta build. You know, be prepared next time." So he starts building the armor, and we get the eye of the tiger playing in the background, and. You know, he did, did all that without wearing a stupid welder's mask and his eyes were on red raw. <laughs> Much like our Prime Minister. Yeah, then Bart presents the Bear Buster 5000 and it's got no rear in it because, you know, if he gets scared, he doesn't want to ruin his suit. Well, Fair enough. <laughs> I did love Bart's little chuckle when he turns around and shows his ass. Bart's like, oh, this is going to get him. Ha <laughs> ha, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cute little butt on Homer, I gotta say. Yeah, just hanging out the side there. Keep it tight. Marge says, no, no. Homer says, what kind of example am I setting if I don't act revenge? And Lisa's like, that's, that's the whole point of Moby Dick. No, Lisa, the whole point of Moby Dick is to be yourself. <laughs> Just, you're not going, Homer. And, and Homer, do you know how ridiculous you look right now? Walks off with his ass hanging out of the suit. <laughs> it's quite funny. Then he sneaks out. Well, he tries to sneak out, but he makes a bunch of noise. Still doesn't wake up Marge. Linear and Carl are waiting in the car. There's a line here from Carl that I really liked. And if you weren't listening properly, you'd miss it. Lenny says, boy, Homer, Marge is going to be steamed when she finds you missing. And then Carl just sneaks in, or dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, in, a, in your marriage, you've got to risk your life for reasons you can't even understand yourself. But says, I want to come too. No, you've got to stay back and carry on the family name. No way I'm changing my name to Joe Kickass. Well, that is so cool. Come <laughs> on, you can come then. <laughs> Lisa and Marge then realize that the guys have gone. They check his suit closet. They go through all the different suits. And Marge is annoyed because Lisa tries on the country western octopus. <laughs> I guess this is cute. <laughs> I must have been. I would do likewise. Yeah, it's just Lisa being Lisa, being an eight-year-old. 
We're now at the campsite and Homer is sweating out bloodlust. All his bloodlust because he's hot as shit in that um in that <laughs> suit. Spart says, "Go you know, go down to the river and have a, have a shower and have a rinse because this tracking device stopped beeping like half an hour ago. You're fine." Mm. My ins- I instantly thought, "Well, the batteries have gone dead, but no, they haven't gone dead. They've been taken by Lenny and Carl, <laughs> so they can listen to which song, Mister Davis?" Ah, God damn it! Remind me. Uh, well, uh, it says skyrockets in flight, but we'll go here. Oh. So let's have a look. It is called. The song's called Afternoon, Afternoon, Delight. Afternoon Delight by Starland Vocal Band. That is correct. Yes. Very fun song. <laughs> of course you know what it's about, Dando. It's understandable why uh, Bart would sing along to it. Indeed. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a good song about, uh, you know, having a nice snack in the afternoon. Hmm. Yeah. You know, a little, a little something between lunch and dinner. Who, who doesn't like, you know, putting a little something in your mouth in the afternoon? But Homer's down at the river, rub-a-dub-dub, I'm washing the blub. And the bear arrives with the shadow casting over Homer. A nice little visual there. Yes. Bart, Lenny and Carl dancing to the song as you can hear Homer screaming in the background. We then cut to, after the break, Grant Connor is taking Marge, Lisa and I want to say Maggie, but I'm not sure whether Maggie was there or not to help to go find the guys at the campsite. Bart finds them and says, no, Homer's been carried away by a bear. And Carl's like, it almost wrecked the whole trip. And Grant kind of says, no, I'll find him before he gets killed by that bear. But first I need a snack and he shoots the bird. (laughs) Homer then says, nope. I ain't going to do this. I'm going to die a man. So I think they had this scene just to sort of have Homer... Not know, redeem sort of, himself. No, 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 but just just not be such... And he's not a wuss, though. This is the thing. He didn't have to redeem himself. No. <laughs> but he's just... To himself, I guess, he had to do it. He had to sort of... He felt he felt like he had to because of the way he was being treated. I would wager that 99.7% of the population of either gender or sex would shit pant yeah, when, exactly. uh, when confronted with a big bear. <laughs> He stands up to the bear or as much as he can, then winces in pain. He realizes it's the tag, the tracking tag on his on his ear. So he takes it off. This felt like classic Simpsons. So he takes the tag off, puts <laughs> it on his own ear. Uh, it's probably the tag, but then he puts it back on. <laughs> the bear then licks Homer and says, you know, Homer gives him a big hug. He scratches his back because he's a bear. But it's just a, a nice little bond that they formed here. We then get the little montage of them hanging out, still in the food. And, but the, the bear says, nope, you got to eat with a spoon. Pu- <laughs> pushing each other a bit rough, and he pushes Homer into a, into a trench. And then we hear the gunshot go off, and it's the hunter. Oh, no. The hunter has become the hunter. He realizes that they're following the tracker, so he throws the water into the... Uh, throws the track into the water to make sure it doesn't harm any other living creature, kills the fish, and a scuba diver. (laughs) (laughs) A killer bear is on the loose in Springfield Forest, and local laughingstock Homer Simpson is missing and presumed mauled. (laughs) Wrong again, liberal media. A bounty has been placed on the rogue bear in the amount of $10,000. Don't worry, I'll find you someplace safe. But they announce that there's a bounty on the bear for $10,000 as they steal the plate of sausages. And Homer's got a map here to the wildlife sanctuary, but unfortunately it is surrounded by various kill zones. Yes. Grant Connor then says that, you know, they've obviously not following, uh, they've got rid of the tracking device, but he's heading to the wildlife sanctuary and they find Homer's footprints. He says he's either being held hostage or he's now become his forest bride. Sounds horrific <laughs> being someone's forest bride. <laughs> this reminds me of something like from Deliverance or something. You've reminded me there's something I'll have to put up on the uh, on the social media pages. There's this Canadian novel called Bear. It's mm-hmm. a bit of a cult classic, apparently, about a woman who enters into a romantic-slash-sexual relationship with a bear. Oh, my. That I've sounds... never read it. I've only seen the cover, and it looks like one of those just seedy 70s novels. 
This this episode's bringing up some fucked up side stories, I tell you. It is indeed. There's a lot of weird bear shit out there. There is. Uh, in this scene, though, I also really enjoyed enjoyed in the background. So when Grant and Marge are discussing the footprints, Lenny and Carl and Bart and Lisa are, are got each other on on their shoulders and they're playing like fighting, like shoulder fighting. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, just a way to kill space in the background. I like that little touch. We're now at the sanctuary or just outside the sanctuary and Homer points it out. That's where you got to go. There's a, a vacancy signs all ready to go. Rainbows and sunshine. But something's not quite right. And he throws the pine cone out and bang, 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 hunters shoot it. Yeah. And Homer's listing various ideas on how to get the bear in there. We can take off all your fur. We can. They're, they're expecting a male bear, right? <laughs> and the bear's not having any of that. And the hunters are all waiting. We get some Cletus moments. We've got to go here. Guy won't, guy won't be happy right now. We've got Cletus. I don't like it when you overdo Cletus. <laughs> a little bit of Cletus goes a long way. Yes. The bear is then wearing Homer's armour and Marge gets confused at first. Don't worry. So it's Homer, don't shoot, don't shoot. And the bear makes a run for it. They're not very good shots, are they? They didn't miss the pine cone. There was <laughs> yeah. Various spaces in this bear. But I've just got here. It's pretty fucked up. This poor bear. She's trying to get to a sanctuary and just fucking shooting at it. Fear for its life. But thankfully it gets there. Unfortunately, though, it then gets attached by an elephant. The circle of life. A According to the Wikipedia page, Stampy the Elephant. Uh, was it really? Oh, I guess because he was at a... I thought he was at an elephant reserve, not a sanctuary. Anyway, you'd think this elephants look like elephants in the Simpsons universe. There's no way of telling one or the other. There is that. He needs to write like Bart on his foot like Andy does in um, Toy Story. <laughs> but yeah, I um I enjoyed the ending. I like the visual of the bear hitting the elephant with a club. <laughs> People shit on the ending as well here. I just thought it was just the ending the episode needed, I guess. it's It's one of those stories that... It's a nothing. It really is a nothing story, no. but but it's it's you can whack it on and not be bothered by it, not be yeah. overly entertained by it. Yeah. It's just to have it on and just okay, it's fine. This is it. This is, this is pleasant. Yeah, you wouldn't want to shape your whole day around it, shall no. we say? But if it's on, it's on. So if I'm it's not going to. If it's on, I'm not going to turn it off. That's yeah. I think as we move forward, that is a a good way of describing certain episodes. Like I wouldn't turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> and there are some. I would make a conspicuous effort to turn it on. And there are some that you were just like, nah, switch off. <laughs> what do we learn, Palmer? All right, what'd you learn from the fat and nefarious Mr. Davis? Um, that I would probably do mad food experiments like Homer with the kitchen carnival. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I love experimenting with food. Even when it fails, it's like, oh, well, at least I know not to do that next time. <laughs> and I only wasted a bunch of food. Yeah, exactly. And you wasted a kilo of chicken. They didn't die in vain. I, I know for next time, I won't waste the, I won't waste the next chicken. But yeah. I, Come here, Jet. Come but here. The, an- the anticipation of that first taste is like, oh, please be good. Please be good. Mm. <laughs> well, I've, I learned that carnival music can make any situation fun. That's true. If you play that music, it's like, I'm having a good time now. <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... All right, new names for the fat and nefarious. Let's go to it. It is the Guy Davis new name challenge, according to Dando. Um, I should probably read out the leaderboard, hey? What do you reckon? Why not? Go right ahead. The uh, Well, I will. The th- in third position, we have Philip Hawkins and Fergus Jeffs both on two points. D.L. Gorman on four in second position. And Luke McKay and Garoda Harrowhill both on seven points in first position. What have we got? Very good. All right, one point goes to Fergus Jeffs. Oh, there you go. He is now on three points, which is outright third position. I kind of like this one. Baldy Locks and the Free Bear. Yeah, well done, Fergus. I like it. Yeah, not too bad at all, was it? Two points go to our man, Philip the Hawk Hawkins. Ooh, Philip Hawkins is now stolen. Oh, no, he's now outright. He's not outright. He's uh, equal second position with D.L. Gorman. 
a nice race between those two who were previously neck and neck. Uh, a bit of a classical reference from our pal Philip Hawkins, The Simpson Bear Necessities. Oh, I do love that song. That was a pretty good one. One of I my thought. favorites as a kid. Love it. <laughs> and, and three what points. Is, who are the top the uh, the uh, the ranking this week with the three points? That goes to Nora Coca. Nora Coca. She gave us two pretty good ones. I thought. I kind of liked Battle a Bear Workshop. Mm-hmm. Nice play on Build a Bear Workshop. Yep. Uh, and this one I thought was really good. Teddy Bear Panic. I like that a lot. Yes. So, good calls all round, but three points go to our pal, Nora Cocker. Can I just say, for all the parents out there, because you need to be a parent to justify listening to the Wiggles these days, apparently. I mean, even though you shouldn't have to. If you're a 90s kid, it's okay to listen to the Wiggles whenever. But if you want a song <laughs> that's going to leave you feeling just pleasant and happy and relaxed, check out Teddy Bear Hug from oh. the early Wiggles. I think it's from it's on YouTube. I think it's on their second release from like 98, like Wiggle Time or something. Elliot digs it. Holly digs it. Teddy bear hug. Put it on. You'll you'll listen to it and you'll go. This is corny. This is silly, but you'll feel you just you just you just feel like the song is giving you a hug. It's a great it's a great little ditty. Jamil, Jamil is here. Ooh. All right, it is time now for the mailbag for the fat and the furious. This one first comes from our Simpsons mailbag at gmail.com. Send in your questions. Let us know. <laughs> If you've got a message to, for us to read out in the air, we just want to say hello, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We would love to hear from each and every one of you. So this one here comes from Crystal with a K. Crystal, I'm assuming she, says, Hey guys, started listening to the show 18 months ago and I finally caught all the way up. Oh, nice one. Yes, thank you for listening. That's a lot of a lot of four-finger discount. A lot she of says, listening, Crystal with a K. Yeah, so glad that you guys kept going past Season 9. Just wondering if you've seen any of the new episodes, in particular A Serious Flanders Parts 1 and 2. They now pretty much air all the new episodes straight to Disney Plus as they air in America, Season 33. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the Season 33 episodes. Anyway, keep up the great work, Crystal. Uh, yeah, I have not watched any of season 33. I did not realize that they put them straight to Disney Plus now because I've always just been under the assumption you got to wait for them to air in Australia and then it's hard to find them and it's just like, ah. Blah, blah. But the fact that they go straight to Disney Plus now gives me an excuse to actually be up to date with the new episodes. And everyone keeps telling me a serious Flanders is worth checking. Everyone actually keeps, not I say everyone, whoever I dis- discuss The Simpsons with who has been watching the new episodes, they've all gone to me. Have you watched any of the new ones? They're actually pretty good. I was like, no, I haven't. They're like, yeah, like everyone is, that I've talked about The Simpsons is telling me that season 33 is really, really solid. So I will be checking that out very soon, Crystal. Likewise, Crystal, I have no excuse. I have not seen any of season 33. But uh, we should all follow your example. And mm-hmm. I will check out one or two new episodes and see what's what. All right, Mr. Davis. So. Let's get up the mailbag of our patrons. Of course, if you want to be part of the Four Finger Discount Facebook group and get your question read out in the patron mailbag, it's going to be a $1 plus patron at patreon.com slash discount. First question, Andrew JP. What's your favorite Simpsons episode title that's a pun on a movie title? Oh, God. Oh. So this is obviously a take on the, the Fast and the Furious, the Fat and the Furious. It is indeed. Now, they're pretty um, pretty ahead of the curve, actually, because you know Fast and the Furious came out 2001. in 2001. Yeah. I'm wondering when Too Fast, Too Furious came out. That's actually a pretty neat title, Too Fast, Too Furious. It is. It's very good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it really wasn't until Fast Five in like 2010 or 2011 that uh, the franchise really sort of kicked off again. So, um, yeah, good on The Simpsons for being ahead of the curve in that regard. Uh, and that's just me vamping until I come up with a title that I really appreciate. 
I don't know. I mean, I had to be dull and say The Last Temptation of Homer because I know it's my favourite episode, but it's all The Last Temptation of Christ is also one yeah. of my favourite films. So eh. There you go. We'll take that one. Yes. <laughs> Reese Roberts, have you ever been attacked by an animal either as you, that you have as a pet or in nature? I haven't... I'm assuming here, because this last sentence doesn't really make sense, but I think he's saying, I have been chased by geese and swans at Western Springs Lake. I don't think you've had a child until you've been chased by a goose of some <laughs> kind or, or a bird of some kind, a chicken or whatever. And... But birds running at you, terrifying. They really are. Uh, I remember going to a very nice picnic that we were having at the Melbourne Botanical Gardens. Teddy bear picnic? Yeah, teddy bear picnic, because mm. I took my shirt off and everyone was like, put that back on, you hairy monster. Who's the bear? <laughs> Who brought the bear? Uh, and there were big-ass swans sort of traipsing around. And you You've get said big-ass like three times. All I can think of is big-ass fries from... <laughs> <laughs> But you, you get too close to a, to a big-ass one, it's like, you're like something out of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Speaking of that, I saw a fucking alligator or a crocodile at the uh, aquarium on Saturday. Oh, my God. It was no shit a dinosaur. I'm not even joking. It was like three meters long, if not longer. I was, I, I was, it's a crocodile. I'm like, oh, it's a fake one. It's obviously a statue. And then its tail started moving. I'm like, oh, it's like animatronic. Yeah. And then it looked at me in the eye and I was like, that's a fucking... That's a fucking dinosaur. That's a real one. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's real. That's, that's, that's an actual dinosaur. Yeah. And they're, terri- <laughs> they're terrifying. I mean, I don't think, you know, you'd have to sort of get really into their space for them to fuck with you. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you don't need to evolve anymore, do you? You've kind of reached your, you know, evolutionary apex, like a shark. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've pretty much, yeah, I'm apex predator now, so, yeah. No one's taking me on. No, no. Although... Over at the lovely Louise's house, we've been watching a bit of Naked and Afraid because, you know, we were sick of being naked and afraid with one another. Uh, And (laughs) that's a terrible joke. Uh, (laughs) And they've got some really experienced Naked and Afraidses on. They actually, like, caught, I think it was a gator as opposed, they were in, in, like, Louisiana Swamp. It it just looked miserable. Who'd go on that show? Uh, But they actually caught a gator and killed it. And they showed the killing of the gator on screen. I'm like, God damn, uh, and with what? Oh, uh, they get they get various implements. Like they th- they're given like a knife or something, and like some big ass knives. Big ass knife. Yeah, yeah. I've got to stop saying big ass. This wasn't a, like a massive gator, but it was sizable enough. But they got it out of the water and tied it down. Then it was then they beheaded it. Oh shit! And they were eating that another sweet fucked up story. What is this episode? That sweet sweet gator meat, which I've actually had. I've had crocodile meat, and guess what? It's kind of bland. You really have to source it up. I had a, I had a very nice mango sauce. That poor gator. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad now. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you another animal. When animals attack story. You can't really see it because this is a podcast. and But also you can't really see it because it's faded now. But I've got a scar above my right eye. Mm. And it comes from one night I was riding my bike home. I think I may have had like two beers <laughs> and was just affected because I was young, just affected enough to be, you know, oh, I'm fine, I'm confident I'm on my bike. Because I was young. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was not far from home and a dog came charging out of a house nearby, snagged my pant leg. I fell oh, off my bike and hit my head on the side of the road, like on the uh, corner of the gutter. I mean, Is I'm, this I'm, the end of Guy Davis? Very close. I mean, so I... Ah, Kick that dog away and walk back home. Mom, I fell off my bike. You're bleeding, and I really was. Yeah. Um, so they had to I had to go down and get stitches and all that kind of business. But, uh, yeah. So that's my when animals attack story. I this morning when when animals attack. So 
I had to get Elliot ready for, for daycare because Holly was dropped off by Nicola on the way through. So I only had one child to get dressed and ready. I finally got it all done, dressed, fucking teeth brushed, ready to go, bag packed, whatever, breakfast eaten. We're about <laughs> to walk out the door. I'm like, oh, Jed, you could give Jet breakfast. Do you want to give him a treat? Goes to give Jed a treat. Closes his fingers as Jet's about to eat it. Jet nibbles his finger. Fucking World War Three. I'm like, oh, my God. I will, we were so close. <laughs> we were so close. <laughs> Jet, I mean, it, you know when you get yeah. bitten and you got like a little teeth mark? It was a sliced little teeth mark. Like, it's bleeding. I'm like, it's not bleeding, Elliot. There's no cut. And the hole on my finger. Like, There's not, Elliot. God. No. <laughs> Bit me into parts, pieces. Pieces, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know that Jet is the least likely to be when an animal's attack kind yeah, of candy. Exactly. Yes, exactly right. Very chill the, the, only dog. Way, the only way he attacks is the way he just seeps gas. Yes, when I'm trying to do a podcast here. <laughs> or attacks with love. Exactly right. All right. So that is our mailbag for the fat and the furious. We need to wrap up because need, speaking of the kids, I need to go pick them up from daycare. I've got to make two trips because I've only got the one car seat. Thankfully, my sister's here to help us uh, with the watch one kid while I go get the other one whilst Nicola's still working up in Melbourne. But that has been the fat and the furious. Hope you enjoyed. Next episode of Four Finger Discount will be Today I Am A Clown. Don't forget, if you enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount and you want to show some support, best way to do so is join the family by being a patron. And you can do so going to patreon.com slash discount. Early access to all the podcasts we do here, prize draws, Zoom chats, you know it, Facebook group, it's all there. And for as little as $1 per month. So please do so. It helps support the show and keeps the lights on here at Four Finger Discount Studios. All right, Mr. Davis, this has been the fat and the furriest. Next week, as I said, today I am a clown. But for now, any final words for our amazing listeners? Suckle daddy's sugar ball. Shh.